Hey everybody, welcome to On the Home Front. My name is John Murphy. Very happy to be here with you once again. We might be live right now at WILI AM 1400 and 95.3 on the FM, or you're watching us perhaps on YouTube or maybe your phone, but we're on a YouTube channel at the radio station, so all of our shows are available 24-7. So it's, the whole idea is to give our guests as many ways to reach you as possible. We have another busy show today. We're going to start by looking at the arts up in the northeast part of Connecticut. For the second part of the segment, we're going to look at the Community Foundation of Eastern Connecticut. Uh, that's a community foundation that serves many human needs and organizational needs, and we'll talk about their ways of raising funds and the kind of ways that their programs support everyday life during very challenging times. And for the end of the show, we're going to have another visit from folks involved with the Repair Cafe. This is an international effort around the world to reduce waste. It's about taking things around the house that you might throw out, bringing them to a repair cafe where an army of volunteers are waiting there to repair them for free. It's a great concept. They've been doing it for years here in Willimantic at the First Congregational Church. And that's coming up this Saturday, the 14th, from 10 to 2. So we're going to have Virginia and uh, I think Rita on later in the show today. So right now, I'm very happy to have Eric Davidson back in the program today. He's the executive director at the Luce Center for the Arts at Woodstock Academy. So first of all, welcome back to the house, Eric. Ah, thanks, John, for having me. You bet. So maybe for folks that are still learning, the, uh, you know, the center's been there for so long, and now you have the Luce Center for the Arts. Can you talk about this new effort to bring new music performances for a larger public audience? Yeah, absolutely. So in 2017, Woodstock Academy purchased the old Hyde uh, School's Woodstock campus and expanded um, its program and offering and also uh, kind of came up with this plan to take the space that was built by Anhurst College back to its original intention mm -hmm. of bringing arts of professional level to this area so that they don't have to drive to Hartford, Boston, Providence. That's right. Um, so we're, we're in 2019, we gutted the space, uh, rebuilt it, put in top of the line everything, and um, started bringing those arts to the area, still building our office audience obviously but absolutely overall it things are going great well you know i had heard about the loose center and i thought wow this is a new place to go and then the magic murphy's law came along called covid and after all that preparation work along with all the arts venues they had to deal with this new reality so could you describe how you adapted and what changes you made to get ready to come back Sure. So we spent a lot of time uh, working out kinks internally. We did fake events, just practicing inside to make sure that everything worked as expected. Um, we did some online events for internal things that normally would happen um, in smaller spaces on campus just to practice live streaming and those type of events. Like Zooms and that yeah, kind of stuff, Yeah, Zoom, right? the, 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 all of those fun things that we got to practice. Um, we got to go forward and, and really make sure that we had everything set up correctly. Right. Um, and then uh, as COVID times, uh, not necessarily cleared up, but allowed us to start bringing public programming forward, things went seamlessly. That's right. That's when we first made our connection because he's had a whole series of shows. There's one coming up on October 20th that we're going to be talking about in just a few moments. And one of the lead, uh, I guess, lead vocalists in Eagle Mania just joined us on the phone. So right now we have a uh, have an event coming up. Eric, you want to put on your Captain sure. Video? This is a yeah. Captain Video space helmet here so we can hear Constantine on the phone. And then we'll have a chance to uh, make sure he's on the road. Hello, Constantine. 
Hey there. Good to have you on the radio today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right, so why don't you tell us, Eric, about how Constantine got involved in the tour and something about his background. Sure, so uh, Constantine, um, who you may know from uh, season four of American Idol, uh, is also a Tommy, Tony nominate, award nominee, uh, nominee. Oh, boy. Sorry. Wow. Take I'm, two. I'm we'll butchering take two. that. Take two on that. It's as not well, exactly a Pulitzer, I mean. <laughs> as well as um, a, a fantastic star from uh, Rock of Ages on Broadway. He's really been everywhere. We know him, we love him, and we can't wait to have him on campus. So, Constantine, welcome to the show. Where are you now? Are you in Connecticut or are you on the road elsewhere? No, I have a home in New Jersey and uh, a place in the city as well in, in Manhattan. Um, I was born in Brooklyn. Right. I grew up in, in North Jersey and uh, got a house out here to raise my daughter about Geez, about 10 years ago now. Yeah, she's in seventh grade, so we're out here in uh, Upper Bergen County, and uh, perfect sort of central uh, location for me uh, to get to wherever I need to go. Great schools, great community. So, uh, yeah, I'm here today uh, with her. We're doing a little homework right now. And, there you go. Uh, can't wait to get uh, over to Woodstock and and, uh, and rock out with Eagle Mania, for sure. Well, you know, it's nice to hear artists who are finding a way to balance life in a more healthy way between their art and the business of the art, and then a private, yes, personal family life, and that's a hell of a job, isn't it? That's a full-time job to keep it at bay. But uh, It is. Right? It is. And, you know, it, it hasn't always been easy, you know, um, right. being in the public eye and... Uh, <clears throat> Some things that we've overcome, certainly as a family, but her mother and I uh, are so proud of Milena, and we co-parent, and we have a very healthy dynamic. You know, it wasn't always easy, but we met on Broadway, actually, and uh, um, but we're so proud of her. She's doing such great things, and she is an athlete and a scholar, so um, we're actually going to put a little audition on tape tonight for her for this commercial, but she doesn't normally do much of that. You know, sometimes they call, sometimes we take a look. If it makes sense, sure, we'll uh, we'll go for it. But uh, she's not as passionate. I know. Uh oh, he said you're right. You're, you're starting right. him young, man. Look out. No, man. She, uh, believe me, um, it, it's it's uh, it's not her first uh, priority. But um, if if the cool opportunity comes up, we take a look for sure. So in case you've joined us now, we're talking about a concert coming up at the Loose Center for the Arts at Woodstock Academy. It's October 20th at 7 o'clock, and the website has a lot of information about the center and all the events throughout the year. It's just theloose.org. That's L-O-O-S, theloose.org. Uh, Constantine, could you give us a little preview of what you put together for the whole, because that's a lot of material to cover in a couple of hours. So, so what <laughs> it kind really of frame is, you, you know, yeah. the, boys, the boys have had this amazing celebration of the Eagles catalog for well over a decade. They've been dominating. They tour, they play hundreds of shows, and um, they are the preeminent experience um, outside of the Eagles there is. Um, Eagle Mania, uh, seven guys, you know, everyone plays and sings perfect harmonies. You know, we celebrate the catalog. I'm sitting in with them for the next few weeks. We have the same agent. It just worked out. I just finished up a show in New York that's uh, working on a Broadway transfer for next year. I was available. They had a singer retire. 
it all works out. Ron Negro and I, who's a Connecticut resident, um, go way back to the Rock of Ages days. So um, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's um, obviously the soundscape of my youth, you know, growing up with, you know, I know it's corny, but the Eagles' greatest hits. I think sure. I ordered that on Columbia <laughs> Music, you know, for a penny. And then my dad yelled and screamed, you know, when records just kept coming home and stuff. But that was one of my first records. And, um, you know, just fell in love with the the balance of, you know, Glenn Fry's voice, what's on Henley and all the harmonies and the great storytelling. So it's just just Americana. You know, I just saw them at MSG as well, the Eagles, the surviving members. And so to celebrate this catalog, and I obviously have a very different voice, so I bring my own, you know, vibe to the thing. And sure. We're having a lot of fun. I mean, we're we're selling out shows, and uh, it's been it's been awesome. Well, Eric, give us an idea now. Since you've gotten the the place going now, how have the previous shows been? Because you've touched on some heavy hitting bands over the last year or so. We have. We, uh, we, so, yeah. So, what's the kind of recent history of this? We've been really fortunate to have uh, a great following from the the community. People are interested in the shows that we're doing, um, and we're in our minds uh, selling out. Um, so we seat about a thousand. Uh, and uh, comfortable for the audience is about 9.30, uh, and we've been there for, for most of the previous shows, which is really, really exciting. Um, it gives a, a chance to bring the community together, uh, get some fun arts and, and a fun night out, really just in everyone's backyard. You're not driving out to Hartford. Um, you're not driving to Providence, to Boston, to Worcester, to New experience. Haven, whatnot. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's an affordable ticket, isn't it, Bud? I mean, I mean, when you when you think about what you get with these shows, that's a that's a pretty affordable ticket, you know. Uh, and you could still do dinner uh, if you need to park, and and it's not like you know you're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You know, it's pretty great. Yeah, and so tickets for this show start at twenty nine dollars. Um, it's free parking at the venue. Uh, cheap beer and wine while you're there um uh, let's just say inexpensive yes inexpensive <laughs> affordable <laughs> affordable <laughs> you don't know cheap wine and beer until you grew up with my dad in the house he used to have you know he was a, a frugal greek and uh yeah um, uh, was so that, he a Ballantine guy with the three rings, the Ballantine with the green bottles? That was that was exactly it. And you know, he would drink that. That was uh, they drank that room temperature. Yeah. They would put, and they would put that. Um, it was nasty. Office, you know, well, and they would put like, but they would put ice cubes in it, and maybe even like a slice of orange. It was almost like it was like they were making like a room temperature sangria, but with a little ice, you know, uh, or lemon. Um, and yeah, the uh, the cheap like Olympia beer and stuff. But now that all the cheap beer is like the hipster beer, they love the cheap stuff, you know. And it's funny how that works. It's, it's a cycle. <laughs> it's a cycle. For sure. It's you know that's cycle. why good music is forever. And there are yes, certain sir. bands that are dedicated to an artist or a theme, and that's their maybe they're a swing band and they do swing. But people like that tradition, and it's a way to keep it alive. For sure, and that's a cool thing about the Eagles. I mean, obviously, just you know, they're all time greats, but. You know their their songs are you, you you know oh that's the Eagles when it comes on but they do cover so many styles they have some really rockin' Joe Walsh stuff they have the Don Henley you know ballads that will break your heart they have a bit more of those up tempo ones that Glenn would sing and I mean they really covered a bunch of styles within their Eagles style so 
it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I sing about 90% of the songs, but some of the other guys sing some of the leads, and we're doing like five-part harmonies, and it's a lot of fun. But uh, for a little bit more information, you know, you go to egomaniabands.com. Um, you can go to my website, ConstantineMaroulis.com. I'm putting out a bunch of original material these days as well, basically an, a new song every other month. So we put out Daydream and Comeback uh, these last couple of months, and then we're setting up my new song, Pieces, that'll be out uh, likely in November. So you've had good luck integrating the new media with your work at the scale you want. It's affordable, you can control it, and you feel that it's very efficient as a new tool for you? You know, I think coming out of the shutdowns, everyone struggled somewhat, you yeah. know, kind of figuring it out. But we pivoted, you know, some over the um, that, that time and a lot of reflection. I wrote a record. I put out a record independently um, on the label Noble Steed. And uh, they have some great artists there. My last record, Until I'm Wanted, did well. We got some radio play with my single, All About You. And uh, we played some shows, and I was teaching some and, and whatnot. But I was all the while developing this musical that I just uh, ran off-Broadway the last, like, 14 weeks or so called Rock and Roll Man, which is about Alan Freed. Oh, wow. Um, and you as a radio man would know who that probably is. He's <laughs> the pioneer of you know, essentially rock and roll. Um, One of the godfathers. Yes, sir. Playing, go you know, playing black music on the radio, on popular radio during segregation, and he was quite a disruptor. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, we're, yeah. uh, we're excited about bringing that show uh, back to a, a bigger New York audience next year on Broadway, but we got great reviews, and so I'm always doing stuff, you know, and this opportunity with Eagle Mania has been just lovely, and uh, who knows? You know, I'm 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 set to do a limited amount of shows with them, but you know, um, they know where to find me, and um, you know, it's just it's been a pleasure to play with them for sure. Well, you know, you really touched me when you talked about the Alan Freed project because he's one of my heroes. And what I'll do, if it's okay, is I'll uh, talk to Eric off the air later to get your number. And let's do something on the radio about Alan Freed sometime before I'd love that to. show. Because he's, he's a hero and his story has kind of been lost or it's been kind of well, that's what, that's what our that's what our, our hope with the show is. You know, he's one of these one of these figures that, that has been uh, forgotten and right. history sort of rewrote itself you know, with Dick Clark and, you know, and, and whatnot thereafter, but without, without the disruptor and, and who, who is Alan Freed, who was gone by 43 years old, dead, you know, yeah. drank himself to death from stress and, yeah. and, and, and weight that was on him. And, you know, basically the prejudice that he was up against, um, as, um, well, I mean, look what we're dealing with now, you know, as, as, as a Jewish man who had to hide that, you know, growing up in the Midwest and promoting black music and the pro in the post-war era um, America that we were, you know, that they were trying to, 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 to sort of paint, um, you know, they, they came after him. He was, uh, he was, they made him a target show. So, so it's been a pleasure to be a part of that show. So we'll see. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, you can holler at me and we'll, Okay. Put together a little something, especially when we get a little closer to uh, next year. Um, okay, we'll find the right sure. time for that. But I, uh, you know, appreciate your effort to tell his story, and we'll be in touch. Thank, Thank you. you very much, and I wish you good luck uh, at the twentieth uh, with Eagle Mania. Okay, thanks so much for calling in, Constantine.
Thank you all. Thank you for having me, Eric. We'll see you at the show. Thank you. We'll see you next Friday. Okay, wow. All right, peace, peace. Incredible, huh? What a story. Sometimes still waters run deep. The whole Alan Freed thing just knocked me out. But there's one more thing I want to have Eric cover. There's a special thing that connects to Veterans Day that he wants to share with you. So I want to make sure we talk about that before we say goodbye. Yeah, on uh, November 16th, um, the week after Veterans Day, we have The American Soldier, which is a one-man show um, covering uh, 14 stories of um, veterans and active duty service members, their families, um, and stories w- using verbatim language um, covering, you know, uh, basically stories from the revolution to recent wars, um, including uh, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, yeah. the, the show really encompasses uh, a celebration of the bravery that... Um, our veterans have, have given in sacrifices for, for our country. And uh, as part of this, Performing Arts of Northeast Connecticut and the Putnam Area Foundation have heavily sponsored the show to be able to bring it to the area. And as such, we're able to do two free tickets for all veterans and active duty service members on theloose.org. That's great. Theloose.org, L-O-O-S. And you know, the power of a one-person show of any type of story is it's all humanized. Absolutely. And you can visualize everything through that one story as it changes. So that's really powerful stuff. Yeah, we're excited about it. And then we have some more sh- yeah. good shows coming, too. Oh, um, in December, we have Ocean State Pops Orchestra coming back for the third time. That is uh, always a hit. Um, this year, it's going to be on a Sunday matinee. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully more people are able to join. We've gotten some feedback on that. And then that same week, we also have the New York Bee Gees coming um, on December 8th, all tickets to all of those shows are available now on theloose.org. All righty. Well, we'll have you back in November to talk more, but uh, it's great to have you here today, Eric. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for having me. Okay. So that's the Loose Center for the Arts at Woodstock Academy. We're going to take a short break right now for some messages and come back and take a look at the Community Foundation of Eastern Connecticut. Stay with us. Okay, we got it all in. Boy, did he open a big door. Oh, he did. I wanted to give him a little bit without running away with the show. He did that that this morning, too. Yeah, he did that? Yeah, we were on WNY, and he called, and it was, you know, a 10-minute segment. He took nine minutes, and Gary was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Oh, I mean, was Gary staying with him? Yeah, he did. Because he he has a lot there. Oh, yeah, he does. So I want to uh, talk to him about that. Absolutely. I'll get get you his number. Please. Oh, yes, and maybe his email. But we could do that through the email. That's great. Excellent. And you have those giveaways. Uh, Yes, I do. Thanks for sharing those and for coming down. No problem. Thank you so much. See you. Have a good one. You too. Good luck with the show. Thanks. Board. Thank you. Have a seat right here. Be comfortable this right there. Here. Sure. Okay. okay. Hey, this is more fun than the dentist office. <laughs> I did pass the dentist office on the way down. I would there have to go. agree. Well, that's okay. good. Turn this off. I'm going to keep this over here, Matt. So these are... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Okay. We'll get you comfy, comfy, cozy. Ah. Ah. I have some notes. Sure. I don't forget what I'm talking about. Here. Put this here. 
Thanks again for driving up. It's, a, in, I mean, it's not that bad a drive, really. I, you know, coming down, it, it's nice on 32. It's pretty up that way. All right, so we're okay with the mics? Yeah. The yeah. mics are good? Mics are good, and you have one minute. Okay. All right. All right. I actually have taken, you know, the, the main road, 32, many times, so I decided I had enough time. I went through Lebanon, which was also a scenic drive. Is that uh, 89? No. It goes through Lebanon Square. It just right. goes out to the yeah. west a little nice. bit instead of 32. 30 seconds. Okay, now the microphones, let me adjust it up okay. a little bit yeah, here. Yeah, perfect. Oh, is this okay for her? Yeah, it's good. Okay. That's good. I've been adjusting level this. Okay. Talking. And this is okay? Right. Yeah, you're good. Okay. 15 seconds. Here's your pen. Thanks again for being here. Thanks. You're welcome. Three, two, one. All righty, we're back live on the home front. Happy to have you with us. Our programs here are broadcast live on WILI. They're also posted on YouTube, and they are rebroadcast on a program that I produce at Eastern Connecticut State University on their station, WECS, on Wednesday afternoons, 12 to 3, to try to give our guests as much exposure as we can on both radio stations. And for the second part of the show today, we're going to focus on the good work of the Community Foundation of Eastern Connecticut. And we have Jennifer O'Brien with us. She's the program director. So first of all, Jennifer, thanks for driving up and for being with us today. Thanks for having us. Now, I think a good starting point for us that we talked about was explaining what a community foundation is. Because people hear the word foundation and they think about the Ford Foundation or some huge right. thing, as opposed to other entities that are more focused. Right. So maybe explain that, and that's the root of all the work you do. Sure. Well, a community foundation model is a charitable foundation. Um, generally, they make grants. Sometimes they also make scholarships and uh, do other community work. Mm -hmm. And um, they can vary in, in size. But in Connecticut, we actually have 21 community foundations. The key to a community foundation is its regional and each community foundation has their own area so the community foundation of eastern connecticut covers the 42 towns of eastern connecticut new london county windham county and six towns in tallinn county and um, across the country there are 700 uh, more than 700 community foundations now for connecticut you know i came here from new york and i thought well, this is a moderately sized state. For a small state, it has lots of radio stations. But for a small state, it has over 20 community foundations. Uh, how do they manage together in some way with a small state and they're trying to work with some of the same resource bases? Uh, right. And, you know, and some of the needs cross over town lines anyway. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? So there are, there's a real variety in the size of community foundations. Some are just volunteer organizations that maybe serve one town, raise money, give grants. Okay. Some of them, we are actually have the largest footprint of 42 towns. We don't have the largest endowment, which determines how much money you give grant, how you right. can give in grants. Yeah. Um, but we do work together, and it's because we have our own communities, there's no competition really between us. 
and we learn a lot from each other. There is, in the state of Connecticut, um, a basically a trade organization called the Connecticut Council for Philanthropy that brings us together around topics and, um, you know, the latest um, things that we should be thinking about as community funders. So in the kind of areas that the foundation covers is so directly tied to everyday life and it manifests in a wide range of programs or services. Can you mention maybe how you divide up the work each year and the grant programs you have where people can find the right place to maybe make a proposal to try sure. to find the best match? Sure. We actually have kind of a complicated patchwork of grant-making programs, and that um, goes back to the fact that we have merged with the previous foundation that was here in Wyndham called the Tri-County Foundation. That was over 10 years ago. Yes. We merged our assets together, and by fund agreement, the assets that were in Southeast need to stay there and in Wyndham. So now we're actively raising money to have uh, funds that we could spend in any town across the region. Um, so we have some regional grants. We have um, in Willimantic, we have the Willimantic um, Basic Needs Program. Right. In Norwich, we have um, some youth grants to give away. And in then Southeast, we have some general grants. Um, uh, and we also have grants by topic. We have um, environmental grants that we uh, make all over eastern Connecticut. That's not restricted by geography. And um, then we have some other special cycles. We did a men and boys grant cycle last year. That's a women and girls program. And we have our four women and girls right. funds That's throughout right. the region. And we also um, did a round of grants after raising money called the Racial Justice Grants. Now, recently I heard as a result of the installation of the cannabis industry, some of that money that's going to the state has created a social equity fund that's going to have special needs for people that were impacted by that, that social issue. Could you talk about how that worked for you and there was funding made available that you've been able to share? Sure. Yeah. Um, the, the state formed this uh, Cannabis Social Equity Council to determine what to do with the funds that, that came in from, from um, cannabis revenues. Right. So um, one of the things they wanted to do, their priority, was to make sure that, that, that the funds are returned to the uh, towns and urban areas that were disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. They call them DIAs. So they looked at the state and, and created a DIA map. And um, it's in, you know, most of our larger urban areas. In eastern Connecticut, there are DIAs in Willimantic, Norwich, and New London. Sure. And so they divided the money up. And given this committee did not have grant-making experience, they looked to the regional grant-makers and asked us to apply for this funding. So we were successful in getting a million dollars for Eastern Connecticut. So, you know, without losing us in a lot of technicalities, could you describe the types of needs? Because there are so many things sure. people could imagine. What are the real things that are being changed? Sure. Well, for this particular grant cycle, right. the SEC has their own I ideas. They wanted two areas. Um, because it was the war on drugs, mm -hmm. they wanted to be sure to um, 
do things for the population that was most affected and, and potentially sent sent um, to incarceration. So they're looking at programs that help the reentry population, formerly incarcerated. Right. So it could be anything from helping with housing, helping with uh, substance abuse or mental health. Um, it could be um, having records expunged. Right. So the state, um, from what I understand, expects to be letting more people out of incarceration in the coming years because yeah. of new laws. So yeah. that, that was a primary concern for, for them. The other area that they uh, charged us to, to fund in is youth development in those neighborhoods. So how can we make sure that young people coming from our urban, more urban areas are on the right track for college, career, um, they have, you know, they're interested in sports and in other extracurricular activities, arts. After school is the key thing to keep yep. kids After busy all the time. school programs, yep. yeah. Yeah. By the way, I want to mention, if you're listening to us on the radio and not watching us on YouTube, we're speaking with Jennifer O'Brien today from the Community Foundation of Eastern Connecticut. The website you should jot down to follow up on all the programs she's talking about, you can find out how to apply and if you qualify, is cfect.org. So www.cfect.org. And it's a great program with, I mean, it's a great program with lots of options there. Uh, now, you had mentioned, too, you, you wanted to mention scholarships. Right. That in addition to services for people in need, uh, the educational functions also. Right. right. We gave away um, about a million dollars this year in scholarship awards to students from all over the state. I mean, all over the eastern Connecticut. Um, we Some of our scholarships are very specific because they have been um, endowed by a donor with a specific need, either geographic or an area of study. And then some, we, um, are, we have an unrestricted pool. Uh, so w what we look for in um, a scholarship applicant is not always the best and the brightest, but mm -hmm. um, young people with promise and financial need. And there's an emphasis on finding students who are the first generation in their family to attend sure. college. Um, so that has been a very rewarding part of our work. Oh, we yeah. get applications. We hear yeah. great stories. We read great essays from these young yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and That's life work. It is. Yeah. So many people have to um, really patch together different funding sources to, to make it to college, especially these days. Costs are so high. They are. And the thing is, it's so beautiful. I've had so many artists and educators on the show over the years. When you get kids when they're young, it stays for life. And when schools cut budgets or reduce funding in the arts for whatever needs, when they have to cut things, that closes the door for early, early access to the arts and a creative time of life. And that can lead a lot of people who might be viewed as marginal when they find their way, you'll find out there is a genius there. It's called a diamond in the rough. So who's going to do that work, right? Right. To give that a shot. Right. Uh, and you mentioned one other aspect was advocacy, because right now there's a lot of right. stress on the economic system and the political pressure to balance budgets. So how are you helping people advocate for this kind of work? 
Right. Well, we work yeah. with nonprofit on advocacy. Right. Um, we realize that uh, our grants alone are not going to um, change the life situation for a lot of people. We, it, our grants can help people get through a period of food insecurity or housing insecurity. But really where the difference is, um, is policy. And so we have a nonprofit advisory council that looks at um, what are the key issues to that we should be advocating for at the state level. And we've been engaging Eastern Connecticut politicians and talking to them about, you know, what what we see are, or the nonprofits see on the ground from their clients and constituents. Yeah. Well, this is the first of a series of conversations that we're going to have in the year ahead with the foundation. Uh, they have many programs and services, as Jennifer just described. So we're going to coordinate a few visits throughout the year, maybe before an application deadline or something new happens that you might want to know about. There's so many ways that they might help you. You have to know sometimes ahead of time. So I really appreciate you coming by to get us started today. Thank you. It's great to talk about the work we do. Now, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted to share? I want to make sure, uh, the, the, just to cover the base. Sure. I have one more thing that, that might, might be. be of interest sure. to your listeners. Um, one of the things that it, uh, we have launched in the last year is the Center for Housing Equity and Opportunity of Eastern Connecticut. And that's really a multifaceted attempt to look at all the issues that um, are impacting affordable housing. We all know that housing is is a key issue for residents in oh, Eastern yeah. Connecticut it is. It and is. all over the state. So, um, it, and it's not gonna be solved through grants. Um, it's not gonna be solved just by the state. So we're, we bring together advocates, municipalities to look at zoning, that right. uh, developers who are interested in affordable housing, um, the organizations that are doing homelessness prevention work. And this, uh, we've been meeting as a large group um, since the spring. And uh, we have a, a great director, Beth Sebelia, who's had municipal government experience, and she's a lawyer. And she would be great to have on your show to talk about this initiative and, sure. you know, this, this major issue um, for residents in every town. Well, that could be a good follow-up, but we'll find the right cycle of programs. The website, again, is cfect.org for the Community Foundation of Eastern Connecticut. Uh, you know, recently we've had people on from the Connecticut Tenants Union, and they're organizing oh. across the state. Yep. And we've had two programs. There's one tenant union right here in Wyndham. There's one in Putnam that's become very controversial over a, a real kind of a development problem that didn't go well. So the idea of housing, affordability, and tenants protecting themselves, yep. this is all coming to the, the forefront today. It, it is. Yeah. It so, is. again, thanks very much, and we'll have you back again. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Okay. We'll take a short break, and this is a musical break before our next segment. Yesterday, actually October 9th, 1940, was John Lennon's birthday. Of course, he was murdered December 8th, 1980. But every year when he's born is when I do special radio. We have a song from him called One Day at a Time. You are my weakness. You are my strength. Sense 
Happy birthday, wherever you are, John Lennon. Well, for the last part of the show today, I'm happy to bring back the Repair Cafe. We've been covering this for many years. It's an international effort, really, trying to reduce waste and to repair things that can easily be fixed rather than thrown out. It happens four times a year in town at the First Congregational Church, right here a couple of blocks away at 199 Valley Street. And we have two people very involved with this year's campaign. We have Rita Kornblum next to me. She's a volunteer with the program. They're all volunteers, actually. And we also have Jeanette Picard. She helps to repair clothing and does lots of mending and those things. So thank you for your work to make the repair cafes happen. And I know people are still learning about them. Can you talk about the idea and why this is spreading so widely? Well, it started very small um, in a very small group that had the idea that part of the reason that we had so much waste was that people didn't know how to repair things or didn't know that they could repair things. So it started from one repair cafe and then grew 
almost exponentially from that. And ours has been a pretty steady group over these last few years and it has expanded in some ways. We have more seamstresses. We've added some different items that we do. Um, more people like doing lamps and electrical and we have um, yeah. sharpening and all kinds of things that you never would think, oh, well, this is doomed for the landfill and now here it is with a new life. That's right. Absolutely. And it really varies from time to time. You know, Ginny Walton, who's the recycling coordinator for Mansfield, she always sends the email to find out who's available because it's not every time that the same people are available for the repair cafe. So sometimes we have people that are fixing bikes. We have some people that are fixing books that are not in, you know, that are in disrepair and need to be fixed. Bindings, that kind of thing. Right. But this time, we're going to have several people for uh, electrical work. Uh, I think three three people doing uh, sewing. Sewing. Uh, We will have the person doing the sharpening of the uh, the knives. Sure. And um, I actually don't fix anything other than the general organization of the event because... She supports us. (laughs) Yes, because if we don't have someone at the entrance organizing, it gets very confusing. So what I do is I greet people as they come, I give them the form that they need to complete, and then assign a number. For example, if they want something that needs to be repaired, you know, by one of the seamstresses, then they have to do one at a time. Cause we used to get people that would bring like a whole a whole bag. Well, I was going to yeah. mention that because people go nuts and they forget. You know, bring a, a few. Right. But that's it to share the time. Right. So now it really dep- depends on the flow of the event. Mm-hmm. So when they bring several items, what we do is they have to come back to the sort of reception area where I am, and we assign them a second number. So this way it gives other folks, you know, more yeah, they get back in the line. opportunity. Right. Correct. So, uh, but it's always a, a really nice community event because it's like people helping people and there's no charge for the services and everyone who comes they're usually very surprised and they say no no let me pay no we don't take any money for the repairs you know we do have a little donation we do have a little donation jar that's very low key and some people will donate to yes but But if they can't that's not the purpose right purpose is to support people in reusing and reusing in a continued way, and also hopefully to give some people some skills. There's a young woman who is um, an elementary school classmate of my son, who's now 28, who comes almost every repair cafe and brings, now it's becoming more and more challenging things. The first time she came, it was very simple items that um, a straight seam to mend a hole in a pair of pants. So I've taught her how to do a lot of these things, and so... So now she's bringing things that she can't do, and she's starting to test my skills a little Excellent. bit. <laughs> That's a life skill, though. Isn't yes, it? yes. Yeah. I was there one time several years ago, and somebody had repaired an old Hoover vacuum cleaner. 
And when they turned it on, it was a religious experience. And oh, this thing had come back so to exciting, life. yes. Oh, you know, roll away the stone, here it is. Uh, bicycle repairs. Yeah. Yes. So they try to tie it into the cycle of the season. So we're doing this in uh, October 14th, this Saturday, 10 to 2. Uh, when you're going through the closets or the attics or the garages, this is the time to do that. And this way, you can possibly avoid throwing it out. Right. And this is the last for this year. Right. right. We do four throughout the year. So the next one will be in January of 2024. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're hoping that people come. I would like to mention the address because some oh, yeah. folks don't know. It's at 199 Valley Street here in Willimantic. And it's directly across from St. Paul's Church. And uh, we use a large uh, room um, of the uh, the church on uh, Walnut. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's called the Arnold Auditorium. Right. right. It's just the upstairs part. Right. And yeah. another landmark, if you're having trouble finding where we are, is we're right across the street from the side entrance of Willard's, right. which can be very convenient if you need certain materials to get your item yeah. repaired. Right, yeah. which is a very good point because the the folks that repair, they don't necessarily have any pieces that you need, so then they will let you know what is needed, they send you directly across the street, and if you bring the piece that is needed to repair something electronic, then they will fix it for you. Um, we do Judy, who does mainly uh, all of the um, uh, the different. Uh, um, what am I trying Appliances? to say? No, no, no. She does all of the lamps. Oh, right. And uh, right. this She's woman, right? She brought a lamp, a very old lamp that belonged to her great grandmother, and. Uh, she, Judy fixed it, and the woman was almost in tears. It's amazing you know? the reactions you get. Yeah, she was just, like, so happy to have a piece from her great-grandmother, you know, that, that now is working, you sure. know. <laughs> yeah, that was Judy Prell. She's been yeah. in the studio a few times over yep. the years. She has. Yeah. So I hope folks take advantage of this. It's such a neat thing. When I tell people, they say, really, they fix things for free. Yeah, it's for free, and it's really for the purpose of not seeing all of these items end up in the landfill. That's right. really the main purpose of it. But it's a nice community uh, event, and people hang around, and uh, it's um, it's just uh, I always feel so great after the repair. I cafe. know, I know. It's really even for us, even as we're you know hunched over the sewing machine, it's just really uplifting. Yeah. And you make connections with people. There was another young woman who I did some sewing for. And then I saw her at a Mansfield event, and she remembered me. And now, believe it or not, she's I'm on the Mansfield Board of Ed, and she's running for that, and we may end up sitting next to each other. But we'll have that connection That's right. from the Repair Cafe, right. which is just a really neat thing. That's what community does. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And these days, the more community events that bring people together, the better. You know. Well, you know, this started in Europe many years ago, and it is a movement. And I just wondered, I forgot to ask you beforehand, are there other repair cafes in Connecticut? Yes. Can um, you talk about well, where other dots on the map are? I, I actually don't know where the Connecticut ones are, but I know that there are ones that are very close by in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, my husband and I took a little field trip oh. one weekend to yeah. visit one of the repair cafes that had been in existence for longer than ours just to see the way they did things. And it's very interesting that we all have our own way of doing it, because it's not, you know, something that's set in stone, but it all works so nicely. And one thing that they saw 
they showed us was really getting the community involved and, and younger kids involved. So that was a really neat thing to see. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there is one in southern Connecticut. I don't know okay. exactly the town. People could search on Repair yes. Cafe probably. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. it'll pop yeah. up. Yeah. And the other thing is uh, contacting Virginia Walton, who's the um, coordinator for all of this at 860-429-3333. She's like an encyclopedia <laughs> of information and yeah. uh, she'll be able to tell folks. I know that the other folks in Southern Connecticut did come to visit the Willimantic Repair Cafe and also ask for a lot of guidance until they sure. started their own. So. Yeah, they didn't want to reinvent the wheel. Right. So right. that's how people help each other in different right. areas. Yeah. yeah, by the way, Virginia Walton is the recycling coordinator for the town. She's been here many times yeah. doing a lot of work with recycling. And also, you're part of the Solid Waste Advisory Committee. Yes. Now, that's a real sexy powerhouse of a position. i got to tell you that. <laughs> I always <laughs> say, we talk trash. You talk trash. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's part of life. Yes. And that ties into this movement, too, right. is to, uh, to kind of save the environment through your own behavior every day. Absolutely. And the town recently changed some rules about uh, how garbage is handled. Do you want to mention how those rules are different these days? It's just um, changed. Well, w one thing that is brand new, um, we ha the, commi the committee, the Solid Waste Advisory Committee, had been trying to encourage um, residents of the town of Mansfield to compost. Uh, we had some, you know, small interest in it, but now uh, Casella, who's the, the organization, the, the, the firm that actually picks up our garbage, right. they're going to offer, um, it's a little machine, it's not really a composter, but it's a dehydrator. And uh, for people that live in areas where they can't really have, um, uh, a big compost pile. A big pile. compost pile in the back. Right. So, like, folks that live in apartments of but course. will still like to do some degree of composting, they can rent this machine, and uh, they just started this. Right. So uh, people that may be interested should call Casella directly because the Solid Waste Advisory Committee does not have anything with it, but Casella will be... Um, the organization that could give them the prices and everything. That's and right. there's also another organization called Blue Earth that um, will be picking up the composting at people's driveways if they're interested. Of course, oh. there is a, f a monthly fee, yeah. but there is the uh, potential of uh, generating interest for those that really cannot or would not like to have a compost pile in their backyards. Right. So they would come, I think, once a week or every other week and pick up the compost you know, that people have, and then they bring it to a larger facility to process and everything. Yeah. So these are the newer things that are going on um, through the, you know, Solid Waste Advisory Committee. And, you know, these are the small pockets of change that are quiet and they're small and local, but they work out problems, they prevent problems, they give citizens a chance to learn more about government and how the things that we do affect our environment, our water, our, our health. And so being more mindful is part of it to educate people through these events. And the Repair Cafe is just one way to bring it all home. Uh, so anyway, they have a Facebook page, too, if you're a Facebooker. Just go to Facebook at repaircafe.willimantic, 
or just go to Facebook and put that in Repair Cafe Willimantic. They have a lot of images there. Uh, or just contact Ginny at 429-3333. Uh, and again, that's this Saturday, October 14, First Congregational Church, 199 Valley Street, literally a few blocks from here in beautiful downtown Romantic Willimantic. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, thank you for all the work you do to make the day work and for being here today to share the story. Sure. I wish Pleasure. you a good turnout. And we'll, you know, and we'll have you back during the holidays to keep it going for the wintertime. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Okay, so that's how time flies on this program. I'm very glad you shared some of your time with us. We'll see you next week for another edition. If you want to get involved, just use the email john at humanartsmedia.com, and we'll have you here before you know it. Thanks a lot. Take care.